If you've been enjoying and learning from the Be The Bridge podcast, we invite you to join us in this work. You can support and sustain our mission as a recurrent partner at bethebridge.com forward slash give. You can also help spread this word of bridge building by supporting and really sporting our apparel. So if you haven't gotten your Be The Bridge hat, sweatshirt, all of the things, let's take the message to the street. Visit our online store at shop.bethebridge.com and make sure we're spreading the word about all the work that Be The Bridge is doing and will do. At Be The Bridge, we're doing the work to empower people and culture toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial reconciliation. And this work is only possible because of the generosity of bridge builders like you. So thank you so much for those of you who are listening and sharing our podcast, sharing our posts, those of you who are giving to this work um, that's helping us create resources and material um, that will transform hearts. Um, So join us at bethebridge.com forward slash give and let's continue to build bridges together. Thank you so much. Hello, Be The Bridge community. This is Lawrence C. Brown, the senior producer of the Be The Bridge podcast. Bridge building is a lifestyle. And at Be The Bridge, we desire to cultivate courageous conversations when issues surrounding racial justice are trending and when they are not. So even though the news cycle for most of us has moved on from the events in Tennessee over the past few weeks, it is important for us to continue to talk about them. These events are still very real and relevant for the people of Nashville, for Tennesseans, and for all of us as we approach another presidential election season. These events are for all of us that value democracy. Recently, America's government teacher, Sharon McMahon, who you may know from her popular Instagram account, Sharon Says So, joined Latasha to record an upcoming episode. But we couldn't wait to release the valuable information she had shared about the recent events in Tennessee State Legislature. We want you as the Be The Bridge community to be grounded in truth so that you can speak up with boldness and move in action for liberty and justice for all. We asked Sharon to explain the facts and historical context for the unprecedented events surrounding the Tennessee Three. Here's what she had to say. I think one of the things that's uh, important to understand about the Tennessee Three is that um, this is an unprecedented event. It is unprecedented. Now, it has happened that people around the country have been removed from their state legislatures before. It just happened yesterday in the state of Arizona, actually, that another legislator was removed from the legislature. Um, But contrasting what happened in Arizona with what happened in Tennessee, for example, uh, the woman who was removed from Arizona uh, was removed as a member of the dominant party. 
So there is a Republican majority in Arizona. She was a Republican. It was a bipartisan effort, and she had legitimate uh, wrongdoing. This was not a breach of decorum. So people in the past around the country have been removed for things like uh, fraud. They've been removed for committing actual crimes. And we should have a process to remove legislators from office who have gone awry. We should. Um, we should not be forced to uh, have a serial rapist representing us, right? Like nobody thinks that's the right move. So just going back to some of the people who had previously been removed from the Tennessee legislature, the most recent person, um, <clears throat> most recent person had over two dozen um, accusations of sexual misconduct against him. So uh, again, that was a bipartisan effort on the part of the legislature say this is not a person who belongs in this lawmaking body. It has also happened that um, in Tennessee, people have been removed for uh, taking a bribe, so to speak, uh, in exchange for their vote on a specific issue. It's also happened in the 1800s that um, people were removed for other, um, you know, uh, partisan and race bias reasons. But it has not happened ever that somebody has breached decorum and um, and been removed from office. Now, decorum are rules that the people in office agreed agree to abide by. That's what decorum is. Uh, it's not a law. It's not doesn't make anything illegal. It's just saying when it's your turn to talk, you're called on by the speaker. You say, thank you, Mr. Speaker. And then you say what it is to say what you have to say. Uh, and then, you know, there's a procedure that go that you follow. You'll notice when you watch these kinds of things that they always have to say, uh, yes, thank you, Mr. Speaker. And then they launch into what it is that they're supposed to be saying. That is the decorum that they have voted on in the past. Is it illegal to say, to not say thank you, Mr. Speaker? No, it's not illegal. Uh, it's just not the, the widely understood rules in, in a lawmaking body. So all of that to say, on the heels of a, a mass shooting at a private school in a very small community, where both teachers and, or where I should say, where both um, adults in the building and young children were were shot, and several of the legislators uh, were sympathizing with their constituents who were outside the Capitol. They they themselves wanted more gun control. They wanted the Tennessee legislature to do more to address. Uh, the issues of mass shootings and they didn't feel that they were being heard in that moment. They didn't feel that they were, had the same ability to speak and debate about these kinds of issues. You heard them say that um, multiple times during the expulsion hearings, that if this is how con how this group was all the time, this would be great, where everyone who wants to say something has a chance to say something. Uh, what ends up happening, though, when you have a supermajority in a, in a legislature, what ends up happening is that that supermajority can choose to just end debate on an issue. So where you have a uh, the group that's in the minority, um, they do not have the same ability to have the issues that are important to them to bring them to the floor because debate, they just vote to end debate on an issue. So because, uh, you know, for a variety of reasons, and there, there's even more to it than I'm laying out here, 
uh, this group led a you know a, a protest of sorts down onto the floor where they had a you know like a miniature uh, bullhorn, uh, and the reason they were using that is because the microphones were shut off, and then they went into a recess. And and that was something that was not that's certainly not a typical thing to do, certainly not typical to bring a bullhorn onto the floor of the legislature. Um, but it's also not typical then to remove people from office for the a first offense and for a breach of decorum in which no uh, legal wrongdoing is involved. And you even saw that with Gloria Johnson. Um, she asked the people who were, you know, of voting to remove her, she even said, what is my crime, sir? You know, she said that multiple times. What is my crime? Um, so the other thing that was very, that I, I found very interesting to watch was um, the the tone of the people who were voting to remove uh, the legislators from office. The tone was... And, you know, people might have perceived this differently than I did. I'm not saying that I am the arbiter of all of these things. It's just my perception. Tone was very um, cold. Uh, in some cases, there was one person where I literally expected the next word out of his mouth to be like, listen here, son. You know, like that seemed to be the tone with which they were speaking. Um it was very accusatory. It was very derogatory. It was very uh, condescending and not collegial. So to remove two of them from office who uh, were both new to the legislature, uh, who both happened to be young African-American men, and to contrast that with not removing the older white woman who was there, it it really stood in uh, stark contrast. And even Gloria Johnson, who, you know, again, I'm glad she kept her job. I'm not saying she should have been kept kicked out. But uh, even she said the reason that they did this is because of racism. So when... You know, sometimes people like to push back on this idea of like, it wasn't racist. It was just a breach of decorum. Um, but this is such a, such a, you know, in my mind, such a blatant example of how two people, uh, were viewed as bigger threats to the institution than the other person was. Uh, the bigger threats to the institution were the young black men. The threat to the institution to the same degree was not the white woman in her 60s. So, um, but even she perceived that those actions, the choice of like not removing me, but removing both of them. She perceived that as based on race as well. So then, of course, what we saw happen was both of the metro councils that they in the areas that both of the Justins lead or or uh, represent, I should say, uh, voted to reinstate them as interim representatives. So they will serve in the legislature until a special election can be held. And that special election is required by law. 
They will again have to run for the seats that they were just elected to. Um, I think there's probably a good chance that they will be reelected if that's the route they choose to go down. They certainly seem to have a lot of public support. Uh, in the case of Justin Jones, he was, um, you know, reappointed uh, by the Nashville Council very, very readily. Um, Justin Pearson was just reappointed um, yesterday, actually, as as of this recording. Um, I did think it was he was unanimously reappointed, but I did think it was interesting that um, all of the Republicans on the council that he, uh, you know, was being reappointed by, they stayed home and did not participate in the vote, um, perhaps so as not to go on record of, you know, what their vote was going to be. I can only speculate about that. I don't know the answer to that. But they will then, um, they will remain in as interim representatives until the special election is called, uh, which will happen later this year. Sharon does a great job of explaining it and breaking it all down for us, doesn't she? And we knew you'd want to know action steps. We love the encouragement she had for all of us next. I hear that all the time too. And that people in, in my community are the same thing. The, the very first words out of their mouth are, what can we do? What can we do? Um, and it is really gratifying to be part of, you know, communities that care, right? It is very gratifying to feel like these people actually want to make the system better for all of us. So I, I always appreciate it when people ask, what can we do? And and sometimes it is hard to see what exactly can I do? I live in Alaska. What am I supposed to do? You know, like it seems you seem a little a, a little powerless to do anything to stop it. Well, I, I would encourage people to think about a few things. Of course, if you live in Tennessee, um, calling your representatives actually does matter. Even if you get a snarky reply back from them. And I know that some of the replies have been snarky because people have been sending them to me. So I've been seeing firsthand exactly how people have responded. And some have been very kind and some have not. Um, so even if you get a snarky reply back, it is important that rep your representatives know exactly how many people either support or oppose what it, the actions that they're taking. Uh, ultimately, um, creating a sort of uh, tidal wave of, of public outcry about an issue actually is an important component of this. Even if it seems like um, your single voice does not matter, you know, drops make an ocean and that that public that tidal wave that needs to happen um, can only happen if enough people come together. So your voice actually does matter. Um, tangibly, it is quite likely that the Justins are going to need to run campaign for reelection. You could conceivably uh, donate to a campaign fund. I know. I know you want to hear more. You'll have to wait for the rest. So make sure you subscribe to the Be The Bridge podcast on your favorite podcast player so you don't miss when the full episode releases. In the meantime, you can share the video of this from our Be The Bridge podcast YouTube. Be encouraged today that your voice matters and you are not doing this work alone. Be The Bridge, Be The Bridge, Be The Bridge, Be The Bridge, Be The Bridge. Thank you.